Welcome to the Amazing Truth Podcast, a podcast where we focus on real issues and have real talk, and as always, provide a biblical perspective. We hope that you will be blessed as you listen. Welcome to another episode of the Amazing Truth Podcast. This is the Amazing Truth Minute. This is the Amazing Truth Podcast. The Amazing Truth Podcast. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Stitcher. Like us on Facebook at the Amazing Truth Podcast. The Amazing Truth Podcast. Real issues, real talk. Welcome to the Amazing Truth Minute. Today's minute is taken from Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30, and it says, Come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You're going through something today. There's a special invitation, an invitation to come and get rest, an invitation to come and lay all your burdens at the feet of Jesus. You may be wondering why Jesus is the reason why. Jesus did not suppress one word of truth, but he uttered it always in love. He exercised the greatest tact and thoughtful and kind attention in his intercourse with people. He was never rude, never needlessly spoke a severe word, never gave needless pain to a sensitive soul. He did not censure human weakness. He spoke truth, but always in love. He denounced hypocrisy, unbelief, and iniquity, but with tears were in his voice as he uttered his catching rebukes. He wept over Jerusalem, the city he loved, which refused to receive him. This is the Jesus I want to introduce you to. He weeps at your pain. He rebukes with love. He speaks firm, authoritatively, but with a lot of sensitivity in his words. Come to him and you will find rest. That is the Amazing Truth Minute. The Amazing Truth Podcast. Real issues, real talk. Ezra, welcome. Welcome back to the Amazing Truth Podcast. Yet another episode. We are glad to be back again. Uh, Last week we had Duncan here. We talked about his uh, upbringing, how he lost his dad very young. Mm-hmm. He had to move to the States at a very young age, mm-hmm. settled or unsettled, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, at a place where he had to find himself, mm-hmm. but he found himself in alcohol. So he's drunk, he's drinking, wakes up in the morning, drinks, goes up, goes to work, comes back, goes to a liquor store. Mm-hmm. And then he has, at this point at age 23 where we stopped, he has two, three DUIs, mm-hmm. and one of it is attached with a felony, yes. and he has 48 months hanging over his head. Now, this week, with the feedback we've gotten, thank you so much for the questions, thank you so much for the feedback, we appreciate that. So this week, we're going to pick up from there and see where, we want to just go to the low, just the lowest point of his life, and then we start. You know, you're saying just a low on. moment. It is low. It is low. It is low. The low moment. The low moment. And then we start coming up from there. So, without taking much of it, Ezra. Before, before, yeah. before, let me just say this. I just read the truth minute there. We just read the truth minute. Right. I just want to reference that that part that I read is taken from the book Steps to Christ. Steps. I want to give credit to 
where I rather quote Amen. from. Amen. So as I say that, Kenan. Yes, uh Duncan, Duncan, we are glad to have you back. Ezra, you what me. so far though, what have you heard out there? Listen, you know, you know, Duncan, let me let me say this uh to you specifically, and I'm speaking to everyone who has ever sat in the chair that you're seated in here, is that um we've gotten to a place and a point where the feedback is just so much when it keeps on coming. And every time you listen to people, you realize how much people are hurting and how much people are going through. Mm -hmm. And I just want to celebrate you. I just want to let you know that your test is your testimony. Mm -hmm. And uh, your story from last week, from the live that we did, is definitely keeping someone sober yeah. for another extra week. I hope yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. So keep doing that, man. Keep Don't doing that. keep doing that. And and I'm sure in the break we'll bring our our veteran, our ve- <laughs> <laughs> the veteran of the amazing our podcast, podcast, podcast yes, right yeah. on this topic. Yes, to tell us where we are going from here. But so. yeah, so we again, everybody that sat in these chairs, we appreciate you. We applaud your courage. Mm-hmm. We applaud your willingness to be vulnerable, mm-hmm. and we appreciate that. Now, Duncan. So at this point, you are. 20 mid 23 23 right? 24. 23 24 so where do you go from there now so where you have you the f- last felony right. you have been sentenced to 48 months mm-hmm. walk us through that journey did you end up going to prison and and how how yeah. did you end up there at this time specifically i didn't go to prison cuz like i said it was a uh, downward departure so they gave me a chance to uh go back to the community and be on parole so while they like they hanging out 48 months on me mm-hmm. so anything that i did were automatically trigger me to go to prison whether yes. it was not a felony or not mm-hmm. as long as it was illegal mm-hmm. it, it was going to send me to prison and what i found out later i didn't know because i was in a rush to sign off because they had told me like hey you don't have to go to jail today mm-hmm. you, you get to walk out of here it was like uh, those conditions, uh, and w- that's what I would tell anybody who's listening. Whenever somebody tells you to sign something, sometimes try to read what it is because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. that forty-eight months that I was going to do forty-eight months, and then the five years conditional release it starts after the forty-eight months. Mm. So even though it's still running together, mm-hmm. but it don't start until because technically they're assuming that you are in prison. Mm-hmm. So when you get out, the five-year condition starts after that. Mm-hmm. So that's basically you have almost 10 years to deal with a felony DUI. Wow. That's wow. how the system is wow. messed up, but that is some of the conditions. And it changed back, I think, in 2006, 2005, somewhere around there, when there was a lot of people catching DUI, so they tried to make it tough. So so I had 48 months plus five years, mm-hmm. plus 60, so that's about as much as you can get. So um so with that I was you know but I was free for that minute mm-hmm. even though I had a felon to deal with and like I said uh, last time it was like it was hard to get a job it was hard to even find housing so I moved to some of the places in the Minneapolis especially south of Minneapolis where I've been living for a while now mm-hmm. there are a couple of lenient landlords over there as long as you explain to them what was the felony the nature of the felony and you don't lie to them they can rent you. Mm-hmm. So I stayed there, and then, um, you know, at this time, because I wasn't able to drink alcohol and don't get in trouble, I that's I, start, I kept smoking K2, mm-hmm. you know, because that was, I still, somehow, I was still struggling with my own issues. Mm-hmm. And I don't know most of, at the time, I didn't know most of the issues that I had 
besides just drinking, drinking was just a cover up, mm-hmm. or smoking was mm-hmm. just something that I needed to cover up mm-hmm. the pain that I was feeling inside. As uh, you know, growing up in a poor family, um, and I don't say this to diminish my mom or whatever. My mom did everything to raise us with as much as she had, but growing up with that with less, it always made me want more. Mm-hmm. Whether it was money, whether it was clothes, shoes, whatever, a car, I wanted more of everything mm-hmm. just to make me feel certain ways. Yes. So that feeling of not having always made me want something else. And some even in that, uh, that translated to where if I was drinking, I wanted to drink more. Mm-hmm. If I was smoking, so it became wanted, a principle of life. Right, everything became, you're doing, right, right. you wanted to do. I more. wanted to do it big or mm-hmm. more. Yeah. And so that's how I kept going. Like you know, so I've always wanted more things than somebody else. Mm-hmm. And and the social media, like we talked about before, social media lies to you, and you see, and so and so say for example, Izo, I know Izo, and then Izo is driving a nice car. Then I'm yeah. like, man, I need one of them, you yeah. know, or I better than that, mm-hmm. you know. So it it just became a thing, and I didn't think it was a big deal, but it, sometimes that's that can drive you crazy. Mm-hmm. But so I, you know, that's how. Like I found my life and in, in situations like that, and then I, um, I was working jobs in and out, uh, you know, because of that. Fell on some jobs, I can go through a temp agents, get a job, but by the time you're about to get hired on, when they look at your background, and then you let go. So now you're having issues with housing. You're having issues with your job. What happens to your story in terms of now the 48 months? Do you end up going in and how did you, if, if you did, how did you end I up? Did, uh, I did violate mm-hmm. um, because I was, I think I was, I had, uh, I did violate one time mm-hmm. in the process before that 48 was over mm-hmm. uh, and I went I went to jail because I was, uh, I was taking a train through more America mm-hmm. and I was, uh, I was high. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I'd got into a little argument with somebody on the train. They called the Metro Transit Police, mm-hmm. and I got arrested. I ended up in the county. So mm-hmm. that alone is a violation. Anytime you have contact with the police, mm-hmm. is is a violation. Mm-hmm. So I, I, but the judge was lenient enough. He, he sent me to, um, he sent me to prison. Mm-hmm. But it was on. Uh, it was for uh, a short period. He said I needed treatment, and then sent me to Lionel Lakes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did uh, like uh, a treatment. They have a treatment program over there mm-hmm. for like people that have less than six months. So mm-hmm. I was there for like three months mm-hmm. uh, with good behavior and doing a the treatment. They let me out again. Mm-hmm. Um, but this time it's like they let me out into a, what they call a halfway house. Mm-hmm. Halfway house is mostly, it's a house, but it's more like a prison. Yeah, You get to share a room with somebody and... You got restrictions. You got to be home at this time. You, if you're not at work, you got to be in the house. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to work, you got to let them know what time you go to work, what time you come back, and mm-hmm. things like that. And then, uh, but I was still, even when I got out, I was still with all that frustrations, with all the, uh, so I'm f- at this time I'm feeling like a failure. I'm like, my life is not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. I might as well just, now I started to give up in Mm-hmm. I might as well just get as high as I can just to forget about everything. So I'm getting high now every day, and, and somehow I don't even remember most of the time where I got the money from. But uh, like I was doing, you know, dirty jobs here and there. I was, you mm-hmm. know, that's, that's unfortunate. But there's times I've 
you know, Panhandle downtown just to get a few bucks here and mm-hmm. there and just get something to smoke or drink. Um, but then that's when I got into one time I'm at, or I, I was at a Franklin in Chicago and I'm, I'm trying to get uh, K2. Mm-hmm. And somebody basically was, somebody assaulted me. Mm-hmm. But um, I had a knife on mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. I pulled up a knife on him. So when the police were called and got there, you know, I had the knife. He didn't have a knife. Mm-hmm. So even though he had started the fight, they looked at me as an uh, aggressive person. Mm-hmm. So I ended up going back to jail. And then, uh, and that's some of the side effects when you're smoking K2, like yeah. we spoke about. Mm-hmm. Like it can get you really aggravated easily. Mm-hmm. You can get frustrated so fast. You're not really yourself. Mm-hmm. So, in this time now, I had to do a bunch of time. And this is there's a lot of things that had happened in between. Yeah. Uh, from the last time I had a uh, felon DUI. But this time now, I was in jail again at Anapin County. And I'm facing, um, they, they termed it as first degree assault. Uh, first degree assault with a deadly weapon. Mm-hmm. And something else. So there was like three different counts. And mm-hmm. um, so, but uh, at the end of the day, so basically they just put all those counts together that way they can cut you on either one of them. Because mm-hmm. some of them you you can explain them away. And if you are in front of a jury, they can understand why that's coming from. But the idea that I had a knife and they had a knife to show mm-hmm. in code that, yeah, this is his knife. We, we found it on him. So that was a big deal. So finally, and then, um, so finally, I ended up breathing out, breathing out to what they call uh, threats of violence. Because mm-hmm. I did not put a knife on this guy, but you know the fact that I said, like, you know, I can kill you with this yeah. knife. So that alone. So the words, so the choice of words, that right. even though you never use the weapon, mm-hmm. right, right. So then you know, and then they 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 can see the knife. Mm-hmm. So they they said the other person was scared of their yeah. life. Yeah. And, yeah. So so I ended up pleading guilty to that. And then, um, you know, I was sentenced to prison for 34 months. So that 34 months plus the time I had from the DUI, but they put it together that after I served three-thirds of the 34 months, I, I can be out. So this time, because that is considered as a violent crime, I was sent. I was sent to well. You pe- technically you go to Saint Cloud for orientation. Then I was sent to uh, Rice City. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, Rice so City is a level four facility. That's like you know, you know, you know. Duncan is saying level. Four. Me only. You know, hospitals level <laughs> one, <laughs> level two, that, level that's, four. That's good. That's good. Yeah, yes, that's good. Yes, just, but but that's but, good but, but as a social yeah. worker, can you explain what is level four and and you know bring it bring so us home? It, um, <laughs> it's um. I think it's based on the severity of crime and mm-hmm. the inmates that are in the prison. Okay. So, Oak Park Heights is maximum security. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, it's level five. Level five. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steel Water is kind of the same. Steel Water and Rice City are the level. Level four. And then Lionel X is medium. Yeah, it's medium. Yeah. So, the severity of the crime. <laughs> and I worked at Lionel X at the same program you went to, actually. Yeah. The substance abuse short-term program. I was doing sex offender therapy. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. anyway. So, at what age are you at this point? So now I'm in my late twenty, uh, 
No, uh, my early 30s. I forgot I'm 30 something. So years old now. 10 years <laughs> from 21 all through 30 your life is chaotic. Yeah, yeah. my life in is and out, in, and in and out of in and out of, in and out of jail and you're in prison now. Mm-hmm. You have three DUIs. You have a, you have felony DUI and aggravated assault terroristic threat. So yeah. ah, you're just chaotic. So now you're in prison now. What is going through your mind? In, in the in the based on the facts that now you cannot use mm-hmm. address that first now you cannot use and now you're in prison and looking at time what was going those two aspects what was going through your mind you know the uh, uh, the mind of an addict the most frustrating thing when you put in a situation like that is not the time you're serving in prison mm. it's the fact that you cannot have alcohol mm. or a drug Yeah, like it is weird to think about it but when you're an addict i'm not looking at the time like oh i gotta be here for 34 months or whatever i'm just looking at it like damn i can't get my next i drink. can't get i can't get high i can't drink like that's the, that was the, the only thing that was bothering me the most mm. but in that process uh they force you into treatment because mm. they know what's your problem they force you into treatment and they tell you this 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 a cover you after on that they tell you if you do treatment you can get out of here earlier than mm-hmm. otherwise so but that means you cannot even talk back to the CEOs they can tell you they can call you whatever you cannot talk back you cannot argue with nobody you cannot do anything that they consider mm-hmm. you know so it was the most frustrating uh, and then you have to deal with all the withdrawals now um they don't really give you nothing over there they just put you in a room by yourself where you're sweating all day all night and, and you like i was itchy for some reasons my body was all acting out and i broke up more everywhere um it was the most terrible experience i've had i, I wanted to die just for it to be over with mm. but i didn't yeah. yeah and and i want us to get this right that it's these are consequences of the choices you made. Right. We're not trying to take victim stance here. No, or, no, or no. We are just saying that these are consequences of yeah. the choices we make. Yeah. The choices for that. So we don't want to miss that part. Right. So you're in jail. Now the world is li- crashing down on you. Mm-hmm. You're getting this withdrawal symptoms. You can't get high. Yeah. You're not focusing on time. You are it's, it's a very very tough place to be. Yeah, it's is a tough place to be in and especially like what what I said in Rush City the prison over there you are on a level four prison you have people that are there for different cases uh first degree uh murder for all kinds of violent people you can think of you go to the dining room you got to look around you can't just sit anywhere um you have to look around and see who's more friendly you can hang out with you cannot hang out with certain people even the CEOs will get on your case if they see you hanging out with certain people you know um so there's a whole lot of going on in my head at this time but it's like I just wanted it to be over with you know that I've never given up in life but at this time I'm like man I wish I can just die now mm. and let it be over with but um I guess it didn't happen you know God still loves me and he wanted me awesome. out of there so um So I served the time, you know, out of that uh 34 months, I served I think uh 19 months, 3 weeks and 2 days. So Did you uh, finish the program? Yes, I was put in uh cuz I said, you know, like I said cuz I was into like a fight 
so I was put in a program that has uh, what they call anger management. Anger management yeah. um, and then I did uh, alcohol and drug treatment. So anger management class took like about two months. And then I did the uh, alcohol and drug treatment for about six months. But you have to wait because there's other people already in prison. Mm-hmm. So you cannot just get in a program. They put you on a waiting list. Mm-hmm. So when somebody graduates from the program, then you get in. So I had to wait. So by the time I got in, I've already been in prison almost for like about a year. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so once I finished the program, then you got to go to see like casework. Uh, they have a group of people that decide if you can get out or not mm-hmm. early so so they decided i can get out and then that's when they sent me to a uh, sober house okay over the pursuit so this is how long did you spend so i was total in prison uh about 19 months, 19 months. three weeks and okay. two days to okay. be specific <laughs> <laughs> so that's let me ask a question uh duncan what is the feeling when they finally release you mm. yeah yeah uh you know what, what is going through your mind uh, for one, you know, it's different when you've been in prison for that long because, like like I said, I don't have friends. Mm-hmm. So nobody came to visit me or see me L- the let me say time this. I was there. You didn't have friends then. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, so yeah. when I got out, you know, I was like, oh, well, finally I'm free. You know, mm-hmm. like I just got out and I just wanted to breathe some fresh air. I mean, you get fresh air in there too, but it's different when you're mm-hmm. outside yeah. the bench. Yeah. Um, so I got, um, I was excited. And for, for a moment I thought, out, you know, like this is a new start of life. Mm-hmm. You know, I can start over, I can rebuild myself. But unfortunately that was not the case. Mm-hmm. When I got out, I was put in, a, in, in what is considered to be a sober house. Mm-hmm but still people get high there, people drink there and everything. Mm-hmm. And like I said earlier, when you have a felony, you're limited to what you can do and can do. So I was still having trouble getting a job and things like that. So that alone drove me back to drinking and using. And because I had done all this uh, good work of treatment, they I was not checked on regularly. Mm-hmm. So I was able to... I would only go see my PO once a month. So between then, I would drink, I would smoke. And then uh, uh, in 2020, 2020, I was in the hospital three different times from yeah. what was considered almost like an overdose. Wait, 2020 is last year? Yeah. Okay. So, um, so, so t- walk us through I that. I got out of prison w- w- walk in us uh, through 2019. Mm-hmm. And then I stayed there for a while at uh, this a sober house, considered mm-hmm. to be sober house, but I was getting high, mm-hmm. so I wasn't able, I wasn't ready to literally let it go. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, man, I can still sneak this here and there, and I was able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I ended up in the hospital. Like uh, I think uh, I had too much, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, I don't remember how. Mm-hmm. I just remember getting out of the hospital, mm-hmm. and then I. So one time I was in the hospital, I was really in a very, uh, it was uh, August of last year. Mm-hmm. That was the last time I used. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in the hospital and I had blood coming out of my nose. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was in really bad shape. I was 129 pounds. Mm-hmm. 
I wasn't able to walk myself to the bathroom. Mm. You know, I uh, it's unfortunate, but I think I peed on myself because mm. I, I I couldn't make it to the bathroom. Mm. I was like, forget mm. it. Mm -hmm. So the nurses had to walk him to the bathroom and back to my room. And it was it was terrible, mm. and I was going through all the withdrawals, shaking and mm. sweating. Uh, my body always gets itchy normally when I'm getting off the withdrawals, but the good thing they put me on uh, some medication, uh, Benadryl, I think it is. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the name, but uh, so that really helps you like mm -hmm. deal with the withdrawals. It's kind of gets you high, but in a different way. Mm -hmm. It but just to get you mm -hmm. calm down. Mm -hmm. So I was there for that. That was the longest I was in the hospital for about five days. Mm -hmm. So and then after that, by the time I got out of there. You know, they, um, but then I was, you know, but then I was homeless now, mm. homeless, homeless. Cause I, I, you know, the conditions were like, if you stay in a sober house, it's a sober house. You don't use drugs or mm. drink, mm. but I got caught, uh, uh, drinking in my room. So I got kicked out of there. Mm -hmm. So now I'm homeless. It is August. No, no, before August. Before August. Okay. Before August. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was like okay. March, somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. So from then, so I'm going, like, I don't have nowhere to go. I don't, like I said before, I don't have family or, or anybody I could stay with. A few people that I know of, I try to call a few people. They're like, no, we don't, you know. Mm -hmm. Now I'm like, basically I had to call the shelters and, you know, get a place to stay at night, mm -hmm. you know, and then I leave in the morning. You get kicked out in the morning before 9 because they have to clean the place and all that. So I'm homeless now. I'm like, life is useless. So there's no point. I, this time I've given up. I'm like, there's no point of even trying. So I'm not even trying to look for a job or anything. I'm just drink and smoke and just wasting my days away. So until then, you know, that's when I was like, when I got out of the hospital and, and one of the nurses was like, why are you wasting your time? Why are you wasting your life away? You know, you've been here three different times. and You know, why can't you do something about it? Like, you're just going to keep coming in until you die. You know that, right? I'm like, yeah. So, but that's when I was like, maybe I should just uh, do something and you know, clean up a little bit mm -hmm. and, and, you know, just try to actually find a job and you know i know it's hard but you, you know i mm -hmm. can find a job and you know. so what so, what what did she say that really i mean you it's know, the way yeah how it's, it's not what she said right. it's the way she said it mm -hmm. um this was an older nurse mm -hmm. like i would consider to be like a mother um mm -hmm. uh, and it's the way she looked at me and said it she was like you know you're a very young man you don't want to waste your life away just mm -hmm. drinking and drugging you know this is not gonna end well because you've been here three times already and your body's not able to handle any more drugs or alcohol from now on it's starting you know affect your river and all that and, and that's not good news to hear you know mm -hmm. so i was and i was there for like a good five days so i took it took a minute to just think about it and, you know, go through like, man, I've been here for 15 years and this is what life is. Like, you know, I was like, I need something different. Like, I want to do something different. And uh, uh, for the first time, for a long time, I, I, I just, I can't say it was a prayer, but I was just like, I remember, and I so said this before, but 
I was just literally like, I need to talk to God. And mm. people keep talking about God. Mm. I remember God when I was mm. growing up because I grew up in the church. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, maybe I need to talk to God because I'm not able to do this mm-hmm. by myself. Mm-hmm. Maybe if God can help me. I mm. mean, people have gotten sober before. And, and I'm like, maybe I need to talk to God. So it wasn't a, it wasn't a prayer, but um, it was more of me like, just asking God questions which he wasn't answering mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was very mad about that like mm-hmm. well, how do you just mm-hmm. how did you plan you say you're a God you plan each and everybody's life why is mine this way mm-hmm. why is my life so messed up this way why am I in a hospital about mm-hmm. to die mm-hmm. why this why that but then God sometimes is he has a very sense of good sense of humor mm-hmm. So I remember I was just laying there looking at the ceiling and then I was like, you know, um, after Adam and Eve, we had a choice. Mm. And that's why I keep going back to that. Like we make the first choice to mm. drink or use whatever we want to do. When you get addicted, sometimes you don't have a choice because your body really demands that. Mm-hmm. But we do have a choice. Even with people that are Christians, they choose to do what they mm-hmm. can still do whatever mm-hmm. they want to do. But people choose. In each and every one of us, we have ability to do bad things, mm-hmm. and we have ability to do good, good things. Mm-hmm. But every day when we wake up, we choose what we're gonna do today. Mm-hmm. So, and then I was like, I chose to want to get drunk. I chose to want to start mm-hmm. doing ABCD. So, I was like, maybe I can choose not to do that today. Because mm-hmm. when I look at a lifetime, like I can never have a drink for the rest of my life. I can mm-hmm. never get high for the rest of my life. I'm like, no, I'm, I, you know, I don't know about that. But I'm like, just for today, and that's what we do. Like when we were talking about uh, the program, mm-hmm. a, a program I'll be going to, they they just tell you just worry about today. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about tomorrow. When you get there, you'll think about it, you'll figure it out. But mm-hmm. just for today... I choose to be sober, and that's wow. all. Israel, wow. are you hearing uh, kind of a same pattern of, of I know. that I know. conversation? Iso had that conversation that night. Rahema had one. Rahema had, had one. Victor had one. So, um, Danko has one. I think if if I'm someone who's listening to these friends of our stories, don't wait until it gets there. Yeah. You can have that conversation now. Right. You know, you know, it's um, you know, I'm uh, Duncan is here just literally preaching. Like I'm listening to him and I'm saying this is just you can I can't argue with that. You can argue with theology, you can argue with the Bible, you can argue, right. but you can't argue with someone's story. Yeah. Like we were not there that night. We don't know what went on, you know. But but the thing that also touched me, uh, Kenan, is that nurse. Mm. And I want to shout out to all the nurses. Don't go to nursing because yeah. it's money. Yeah. Right, <laughs> right, you right, know, right. Like <laughs> someone is lying there, you have the chance, not the medication, how you treat them. It's right. not what she it, said. Yeah. It is how, how she right. said it. And literally changed his life. Changed his life. I don't yeah. know who that nurse is. I, don't, I hope you yeah, know. I, I went to the hospital, uh, I think in January mm. of this year. But they did not allow me to go in. So I wrote a note mm-hmm. and sent it to her. Because, you know, of COVID, yeah, they don't yeah. allow people to go in there unless you're, like, mm-hmm. going there. But, uh, yeah, our name is Sarah. I, I remember her name. Because <laughs> I said Sarah, yeah, Sarah where, wherever you are, if you do ever <laughs> <laughs> listen to Amazing Truth Podcast, we want to celebrate you, want to thank you. We want to go for a break. But as we go for that break, I want to say this. The mother. Duncan came far away from the mom. 
But he found a mom in that nurse. Yeah. The voice of that mom. Parents, you are the voice of your children. It's not what you tell them. It's how, it's how you tell them. Yep. Right. Let's go for a break. This is the Amazing Truth Podcast. The Amazing Truth Podcast. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Stitcher. Like us on Facebook at the Amazing Truth Podcast. The Amazing Truth Podcast. Real issues, real talk. You know, at the beginning of this program, we introduced someone as a veteran. Aizo, <laughs> <laughs> welcome back again. Um, amazing, amazing work that is going on out here. Amazing stories. What are we talking about doing? What is what we've talked about the small group? Can you highlight on that small group and then talk about the town hall or something? I had you say along those lines. Okay, so the the small group, the one that we meet on Zoom every Friday, we do uh, plan on meeting once a month, mm-hmm. and um, I don't think I we quite highlighted that uh, it's open to everyone. Mm-hmm. It's open to everyone, and uh, we want to be in each other's lives positively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, you can be in my business, I can be in your business for the glory of God and to make sure that we are doing good. Mm-hmm. We're being our brothers and sisters keepers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so one of the things as well, if I ask you is yeah. we talked about, um, you know, we're talking about substance abuse. I, I think there's something we're planning to do in terms of even finding people who can come and talk yeah. more about this substance abuse. Can you talk about that? Like. Their parents yes. who hear these things, they don't know. What, what are yes. we planning to do in one of these town halls yeah. meetings in the near future? Yeah, so uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, parents who've reached out um, asking um, uh, for help mm-hmm. or for information. Mm-hmm. Um, there are family members who've reached out, their friends. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, there are people who are experiencing um, substance abuse once mm-hmm. uh, in one way or another. Mm-hmm. So what we plan to do is a town hall where it's of an informational. Mm-hmm. So uh, we will have uh, a professional, uh, you know, uh, viewpoint mm-hmm. and our professional information. Mm-hmm. We will have first-hand information from people like us who have gone through it. Mm-hmm. And um, I believe it will also be beneficial that we have... Uh, you know, ask a question. Yes. 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 So uh, all are welcome, by the way. And you can also come if you yourself mm-hmm. are, um, if you yourself are struggling or know someone, mm-hmm. um, I think it's good for us to keep it open. And so we will all, we, so during the town, we'll answer questions. Yes. Yes. Questions, questions, questions. So if you have any question yeah. for these guests, Send us, in advance. Send in advance so we can prepare them to yeah. answer them. And, but if you, ha- we'll, if you don't we'll bring them, you can just bring we'll them at the time. We will announce the date. Yeah. The venue. Probably do an RSVP so that we can know the space because of, you know, yeah. this COVID, yeah. you know, if we have more people are interested in that. But come, let us reason together. Yes. Come, let us talk. So I want to celebrate Aizo, want to celebrate Victor. Want Thanks for coming through, Aizo. Thank, yeah. you, you thank, you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, Kenan can bring you the professional side. Yes. Yeah, I can come and ask <laughs> the weird questions. <laughs> from you're back. welcome but to You guys, yeah, you're the yeah. ones who have walked the journey. Exactly. So we keep on celebrating you guys. Thank so you. thank you so much. Uh, as we resume to Duncan's story. <laughs> the Amazing Truth Podcast. Real issues, real talk. Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, we are on the tail end of Duncan's story. Mm-hmm. We are, uh, he's had his comeback moment. Uh-huh. God has literally spoken to him through a nurse. Mm-hmm. And it's how the nurse said this. And he, she looked at him mm-hmm through his eyes mm-hmm. and said, my friend, why are you wasting your life? Mm-hmm. You are a young man. 
you can do better things you can make better choices mm-hmm. why are you wasting and then duncan fights with god and asks god question questions mm-hmm. and the answers is didn't he didn't get then mm-hmm. but he's getting them now now, now you're getting those answers mm-hmm. so you've have your you've had your moment with god you've gotten your answers you're getting your answers now where, so where where do we go now take yeah. us to the th- tail end as we as we as we go continue mm-hmm. uh, first of all i would like to say um i know uh, i don't know if most people believe in god but if you don't believe in god I would ask you to believe in something mm-hmm. greater than yourself, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call that, first mm-hmm. of all. And then I believe in God. When you pray to God, mm-hmm. he does not necessarily say yes right away. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he will say no. Sometimes he will say wait mm-hmm. and, you know, all those. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so when I when I... I talked to God and, you know, I'm asking all these questions. I didn't get most of the answers right away. Mm-hmm. But one thing, uh, when I left the hospital, I remember after having that talk with the nurse, uh, they told me, like, try to stay sober for today. Because mm-hmm. the previous two times I've been there, I'll leave the hospital and go to the liquor store. Because mm-hmm. I'm still, you mm-hmm. know, shaking and all mm-hmm. that. But this time I left the uh, I left there and I went. It's a church downtown on 11th Street. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I went and church uh, and sat right outside, mm-hmm. and it's a very nice church. Um, I was just looking. It's a Baptist church. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very nice place. You can sit and look and watch people. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm sitting over there watching people go by their business, and I'm wondering like, I wonder what that person is thinking. Mm-hmm. I wonder what they gotta go after this because. Mm-hmm. I'm going to the shelter, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. I don't have a home to go to. I wonder if that person has a home to go to. I wonder what kind of job they do. I wonder what they do mm-hmm. at work. And I'm I'm just going through people's life in my head, mm-hmm. um, you know. So I had um that moment there. I sat there for a while, and then I ended up going to the shelter that evening. And I'm like, you know, I'm gonna have to write down a plan of what I'm gonna do and how I'm gonna do it, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm looking and like. I have this limited, and like I said, I have I have had a problem before asking for help, mm-hmm. but now I'm like I gotta start asking people about things, mm-hmm. and stuff like this. So I had a bunch of time in my hands that I didn't have much to do because mm-hmm. when you wake up at eight or whatever and you don't have nothing to do until you know the end of the day, it's like okay. So I'm like I need to occupy myself with something. Mm-hmm. They have like free uh, classes. They offer. Uh, they are makers. Mm-hmm. It's like for job training classes mm-hmm. and things like that. So I was like, I can start over there mm-hmm. and just take uh, a basic computer skills class mm-hmm. and things like that. That will take some of my days, and because you can, I didn't, by this time I don't even have a phone. Mm-hmm. I don't have access to internet. Mm-hmm. I don't have much going mm-hmm. on. So I'm like over there. I can use the phone. I can use the computers. And then I get this free class. Mm-hmm. And then if you get that free class, you also get a free bus guide. So mm-hmm. you can ride the bus around the city pretty much. Yeah. Because I don't have a car this is that, time. Is that the Opportunity Center? No, the uh, Amica. 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 Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I did that. So I started taking that class. And that's where in the process, you know, they, they come up every week. They have different uh, jobs that are opening. Mm-hmm. They just post them on the wall. And they... And they have what they call felon-friendly jobs. They can tell you this one is felon-friendly and this one allows felonies, but specific felonies and things like that. The guy that runs the class is actually well-connected mm-hmm. to most companies. So that's how I ended up, you know, um, 
getting this job where I'm working at here told me that oh this this will work because I had trained before for mm. um what they call uh plastic engineering mm-hmm. but you're not really an engineer you do setups and stuff <laughs> 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 hey, yeah, unless you get like uh, <laughs> unless you go <laughs> and uh, get like uh, <laughs> a bachelor's degree or some you don't you're not really an engineer you do setups so um so he had told me like oh, you told me you you know how to do ABCD it's like there's a job here I think you can be really good fit so uh update your resume and let me send it for you so he did that um i waited for like three weeks i kept calling them like i call them every other day uh, it's like uh, yeah just keep calling them just keep calling them they take forever because they receive hundreds of mm-hmm. resumes a day mm-hmm. so us is not gonna be so special yeah uh, it's gonna be just like everybody else's but i kept calling them and then one time you know um i think it was last this year beginning of this year so they called me and they're like okay yeah we do have this job offer do you want to come through and look at this and you know, I was already preparing for that. So when I got there, because I've been turned down a lot of jobs mm-hmm. just because of, I have a felony. Mm-hmm. You know, you apply for this, you do everything, and then you get to the point and they're like, hey, because you have a felony on your background, uh, unfortunately, we cannot hire you. Yeah. You know, that is like, okay, what are you going to do? So, but yeah, I got a job and, um, you know, I've been working and then when I... When I listened to his story, I sent it on, on your Facebook. That's yeah. how I was like, let me click on this. You know, I have some time to kill. <laughs> I wasn't intending to listen to the story. But <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're breaking our hearts no, no, now. No. <laughs> you're not sitting there waiting <laughs> for it? <laughs> no, this is my guy. This is no, my no, guy. No, so no, I know. I know. Yeah, so yeah, I know. I sent it on, you, on, on, you, on your page, and I'm like, oh. Is this the same as I know? You know, I'm like, let me, let me uh, click on it. Around, man. Yeah, so <laughs> man, that's how I ended up listening to that. And then I was like, man, this is really a moving story. And I'm like, man, I, I can relate with this guy, you mm-hmm. know. And I've, I've known him so for a minute now. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to listen to this. And then that's why I reached out to you like, hey, I know addiction, you know. Uh, is addiction is a struggle trust mm-hmm. me there are days even like today when i wake up and i'm like man it could be nice mm-hmm. it'd be nice if i can just get high but mm-hmm. now you know and then yeah. so when i quit i had to quit uh drinking i had to quit smoking cigarettes mm-hmm. then uh, cigarettes i didn't quit right away mm-hmm. but i quit smoking k2 and drinking at the same time i kept smoking cigarettes because mm-hmm. i get really mm-hmm you know aggravated and it, it'll help me just to calm me down but then I, I got to the point like you know this is an addiction as well i'm i'm hanging on to like mm-hmm. if i'm won't quit i might as well just quit that's why i drink a lot of water <laughs> but yeah, yeah speaking of cigarettes before that as we were as we were moving in uh moving him in on sunday yeah so this guy was sweating mm-hmm. so i said man are you okay mm-hmm. and he told me those are the effects of Quitting, yeah, quitting so that's so he's he was yeah i'm still actually going through the, the withdrawals right. the withdrawals of right. smoking the, the i recently stopped smoking so i'm mm-hmm. this is my fingers sometimes would be moving on <laughs> their own <laughs> yeah. you, you know remember victor's story yeah that's the hardest thing that he had yeah. to quit yeah like that that cigarettes so mm-hmm. i mean yeah. beautiful you know, story man th- this is this is i i think so duncan picks that call he calls us and we have a conversation with him and you're homeless at that point yeah when when we were speaking um, i was homeless homeless right much, uh, but, uh, you know like in one of uh, th- like i told you on the phone i've learned to be thankful for the little things yeah. in life you know a lot of things we take for granted 
you know, it's like driving privileges. Mm-hmm. You, it's not. So it, t- tell it, us a little bit. I like the fact that you bring driving. Now, I know you're driving now. How did you get? What What did it cost you for for you to get? So that for anyone who's out there to understand how that process, like know, what it is, what was once it once basically you catch a DUI, you you, you lose your driving privileges, mm-hmm. and 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 DUI is one of those cases is open and shut. Mm-hmm. If you refuse to take a breathalyzer, mm-hmm. it's a felony refusal. Mm-hmm. And if you breathe into that breathalyzer and it's more than point zero, no, more than point zero eight, yeah, and then you they, that's the evidence right mm-hmm. there. <laughs> you were drunk. Yeah. So once you they get that either way, they immediately notify DMV, mm-hmm. and then within two or three days, you receive a notice in the mail telling you that your driving privileges has been suspended. Mm-hmm. So once it's suspended. You have to go through. You have to go through a rehabilitation program. So you went through rehabilitation program. I did that mm-hmm. uh, for six months. Six months, mm-hmm. and then you have to go, uh, basically apply uh-huh. to get a new driver's licenses. Mm-hmm. And then once you apply, especially with mine being a felony, now mm-hmm. you need five people that knows you mm-hmm. to sign on some paperwork to the DMV telling them that I know this specific person and he hasn't used alcohol for this, this time from the time I've known him. Mm-hmm. And that don't mean that they're going to give you alliances. Mm-hmm. They can say no. Mm-hmm. But then you also have to pay uh, $600 and $680 reinstatement. reinstatement fee plus another $24, I think, to apply for a new license. So it's about $700. So, <laughs> So you're spending just 700. to get your licenses back, and when you get these licenses back, they want you have to have your car, your your cars to have insurance. Mm. Um, you have to the breathalyzer. Is is it installed in your car? The no, the breathalyzer. No, I just I have. Uh, sometimes they install the breathalyzer in your car, but the one I have is in the house. I have to breathe into that mm. three times a day. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So it, they have to. For a year, they have to monitor and make sure that I'm not using alcohol. Sometimes they put it in the car before before you start. So every time before you start it, yeah. you gotta breathe into that. But the one I have is that a carry on thing, a little thing. You can just have to do it three times a day just to make sure that so, I'm, so, there's so no alcohol in my system. But the good news is that you have a license now. Yeah, I can so, drive. So we it. celebrate that. We want to celebrate now. Yeah. We've moved from that part. That oh, yeah. You have worked hard. You have now a license. You now have a job. You know, mm-hmm. you're back to a job. He's a house. Uh, he's, he's a house. Yeah. He has a house. Let me let me let me let me let me st- steal the thunder here br- briefly. Can mm-hmm. I talk about the housing situation? How you know the whole journey to get Duncan to you know? First <sighs> yeah. of all, Duncan had already found a place, right. but he wasn't yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. So how do we end up coming in and supporting and helping. So, um, so he, he does his life, and he to, he told his he breaks the news and tells us on the nineteenth, I'm going moving into my house. I have this caseworker. I've been working on this, but I don't have anything. Yeah. So we, the people come together, a community of friends. You, you guys came you together. Guys came together, mm-hmm. and and he was able to get from the bare minimums, mm-hmm. like beans in his fridge, to yep. a a couch where he can lay a to a couch, TV, TV to everything to supplies to to uh, managu <laughs> and, like, yeah, and man, that all was, these uh, things yeah. let me ask you when that is the last time you had cooked before <laughs> the, yeah. um, the last time I've cooked that, w- that must be maybe 2016 yeah 2016 the, the look I saw 
when he, when we finished and we prayed in that house, house? it was amazing. I was I was very grateful yes. and once again let me say thanks uh especially to your mom she gave me there uh, <laughs> now uh, resource uh, you know that yes. was that's some good food right there. So, <laughs> you know, you very, know, I met some You know the where, small things we take oh, for granted when 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 Duncan cooked he sent us a photo. Yeah. Like it's like here's a photo man I'm eating good right? Yeah, I right? wasn't able to, I, I wasn't know, able to resist when that. When he got that key he sent us a photo here me getting a key yeah, to my man. house like yeah. you know we celebrate Great man. I mean, Duncan. Oh, yeah, and he he's adopted now. He oh yeah. I Thank you. Yet. Shout out. We don't mention names, but you know, there's a family that called and said we want to adopt and, these and, these men. And as we went and took him to the house, he found someone that some from his home village. From his home village. Right, so right. he's getting friends now. Friends. He's he's building up his friend circle. He has a family where he go. <laughs> where they say they come say oh, come. Man. We'll cook. We'll eat. The mom prayed for her for him. You know, Duncan. That's why he's in the in the podcast. He kept on saying, "I didn't have friends. I don't have friends." We said. Yeah, now you do because right. no. he has a family. You might have not given finance, warrior, right? right. But your prayers right. have gone far away. Yeah, it's the and that's things, that's why I kept also telling you, especially the two of you, that uh, you came over and helped me move and stuff. You know, sometimes there are uh, even I saw like on Friday when I was with them on Zoom, yeah. the most thing you can give somebody mm-hmm. forget about finances everybody you can get that you can you can get a loan mm-hmm. but giving somebody your time mm. just even if it's five minutes to listen and hear what this person is telling you or asking for mm-hmm. that I, I found that to be more important to me now mm-hmm. than it, it has ever been because sometimes some of the reasons why some of us get into all this drugs and alcohol is because uh we don't have somebody to mm-hmm. listen to us. We don't have somebody to talk to about some of our intimate problems. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the things I cannot even share here. Mm-hmm. I can easily talk to Izo about a problem, say I'm having with a girlfriend or mm-hmm. things like that. It, just even for him to listen to that mm-hmm. and just be like, you don't have necessarily to give me advice. Just mm-hmm. listening. Yeah, I, I, I can right. come up with something, yeah. you yeah. know, in the process. Hey, let, that let me, always is a good thing. Let me say this, though. If Izo isn't there, I'm not there. Is is not there. Jesus is there. Oh yeah. He's yeah, your yeah. only friend. We were not there in we, August. Yeah. We were not there. Jesus yeah. is always there. there. You yeah. say you believe in God, so he is your number one friend. Human beings will disappoint you. Right. I'll, I'm, you might call me, I'll be doing other things and yeah, not call, sure. but you're in need. But mm. Jesus is always going to be a friend. Yeah. Yeah. Izo. Let's let's bring in Izo. Yeah, the yeah. veteran. I, I want to do something. I want to do something. I want Izo to talk to Duncan. To Duncan. Yes. Talk. Tell him. Talk to him about his journey. Encourage him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want you to do that. Just ha- have a heart to heart as we finish. Yeah. Just talk to him. And Duncan, you're gonna do the same. Just talk to each other. Talk to him. Encourage him. You guys have had the same struggle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're, you've you've done well for yourselves. So talk to each other. Encourage him and let him do the same. You know, um, I'm really happy to be here today, Duncan. Um, I've, I've been really holding back a lot of tears um, and I'm really happy that um, of, of where your journey has come. Um, we share a lot in common from the feeling of loneliness. A lot of people don't understand how you can tell them that you can sit in a church and feel lonely. Mm-hmm. They're like, how? Mm-hmm. Right? How? You First of all, you're born again Christian. How are you sitting in a church and feel lonely? But mm-hmm. uh, I'm happy where you've come. Mm-hmm. Um, I want you to know that um, uh, we 
you can always relate and call me and and uh, and and that you are a testimony mm-hmm. um the shame and guilt uh for us will will have to continue and, and make sure that it never comes back again mm-hmm. um i i believe that um you know you uh, where you've come from is even tougher than where i've come from mm-hmm. and um and that uh, the best is yet to come honestly the best is yet to come um you know five years clean now i'm like well i i, I wish i knew like mm-hmm. the best life was at 32 live alone at 20 trying mm-hmm. to enjoy life in the way i thought it was but honestly i'm happy and i can't wait to see um how many people um uh hear this story and inspire mm-hmm. i'm happy we are here continue doing therapy sorry i was at work but we made it happen Yeah, we, made did, did, we made it happen. We made it happen. And did. even if I'm at work on on Fridays I'm going to make it happen. Um my my first priority is to be there for others the way God has been there for me. Awesome. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. I I do really appreciate that. And like I said, your story is actually what inspired me to uh, even <laughs> want to talk to you, right? Thank you. But, thank um, you. I'm humbled. You know, um it's 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 good to know that you know not that i want a lot of people to go through my experience mm-hmm. or to have similar experience but it's easier for me say to relate to you yeah and your experience versus somebody else yeah so that actually inspired me and i'm like man if isaiah has been able to do it this long mm-hmm. i can also do it yeah. you know and then so you like my encouragement so thank i'm you. just following your footsteps mm-hmm. and thank I, you. I, you know like i want to um The only, one of the reasons why I was I, I was interested in just sharing my story is not because um it's an interesting story or whatever. I just mm-hmm. wanted to see like I know I know for a fact that yeah. are people out there that are going through the same experience mm-hmm. or that are on the process mm-hmm. of going through the same experience. It's nothing that I like to wish for anybody else because It makes life miserable yeah. to the point where you're like, man, you want to give up. And yeah. But I, um, I think having stories like this helps. Yeah. And having that Friday evening group where we get to check on yeah. each other and things yeah. like that, it's been helpful, to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah. You know, Because I know that you, these guys genuinely care about my uh, well-being. Yeah. They're uh, not just calling me to see how terrible my life uh, is, you no. know, because mm-hmm. <laughs> I've had that before. So yeah. I know, like, mm-hmm. I can... Uh, you know i'm a very good judge of character yeah even though mine is default <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I'm, i'm very good with uh, judging other yeah. people so yeah uh, yeah so it's 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 been quite an experience it's a journey it's not there's no end to it mm-hmm. you know this is something uh, for some of us unfortunately we've been affected with addiction mm-hmm. this is something we have to deal with for the rest of our lives yeah you know? but yeah with god's grace and good friends We we gonna make it. We yeah, make it. Thank you, thank you, man. You, I'm happy. You know, you know, it's proud to listen. I'm I'm very happy, man. Can can you want some Kleenex? No, <laughs> I can get you something. Yeah, but but no. but seriously, in all honesty, there, there, there's no shame <laughs> in in shedding that tear mm-hmm. because yeah. this is the success stories we want to hear. Yeah. Everybody wants to put a good picture out there, but we know we are broken. Yeah, we know we all need help. Uh, I want to say that two things. I want to say for the listeners out there. Remember these gentlemen they have we will not sit here and say they are done it's one day at, at a time. time yeah right you still had uh Dan can say that his fingers still wiggle right so 
don't be there to just watch and wait for him to go down but be there to help mm-hmm. when that struggle is there mm-hmm. because we know that you know your the battles are always going to be there number two, i always want to say ken and one of the thing that made me so proud of these guys was this friday Oh you know, yeah. You know yeah. this Friday for yeah. some reason you and I we are running errands. I don't know why we are running to all this. So like usual Friday night mm-hmm. we you know we supposed to be the group. Yeah. But I was so proud when I joined the Zoom mm-hmm. and I found you guys there yeah. and just engaging and having a conversation. Mm-hmm. And you know I stepped back and I told myself that these guys are amazing. Mm-hmm. You know it's not about you see it's it's you it's not us. Just even, you know, it's not that we're doing anything spectacular. Just creating that platform and oh, yeah. you guys just logging in and we logged in and you guys were just having conversation and you're talking and you're, we're done this. Keep that up. You don't have to wait until Friday. If you can do it midweek or whatever it is, it doesn't have to go through this, but just make sure that support system is there and is going. So when I celebrate you guys, uh, Victor is running. He's out there running. He got Duncan to go run today. Yeah. Um, so I know... I know I know that's not your strong suit. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, it's no. even worse for Kenan. <laughs> <laughs> but we have soccer coming. We have soccer coming. On TV. We have soccer. We have soccer. Let me just give a shout out to Simba. They are out and you know homeboys. I don't know. What's the group called? Simba United. Have they paid for this disclaimer? Simba United. I know. There's another group. The Clitos group. They know themselves. They know themselves. Yeah. They know the group. We, we just want to advocate yes, for any group that no. will get guys exactly. out there to yeah. bond and yeah. exercise and to play and, and do something. And that's we're a not good competing. Yes. We're not mean. That's that's a spot yeah. where that's a place where people come. Yes, it's not a podcast. Yes, it's out there in the field. Exactly. Yeah, that is it's important. Mm-hmm. So so there's there's that Sunday spot where guys go play soccer. There's a team called Simba. There's another. Why am I forgetting? Uh, look for a guy called uh, Cream Squad <laughs> Clinto. There's another team. Uh, there's the running that these guys do early in the morning mm. you know uh, uh co- as it um what's the park called uh like um like alhun and then makaska no now yeah they changed it makaska yeah that w- w- that name we'll put mm-hmm. it sunday in 8 website. in the morning yeah. so yeah. find something productive to do uh don't sit and just drink your way your 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 problems away so yeah closing All right. remarks closing remarks uh this gentleman we don't want to water what they've said so we'll just finish there i have three things very quickly i want to add this check on one another it's important to check on a friend give them that phone call check on each other and i want to borrow what duncan said he said the nurse told him to be sober for that day so be sober for today mm-hmm. it can be sober from social media sober from you know drinking sober from whatever it is that that's positive be sober for that one day and i want to mm-hmm. leave you with this quote it says there's no shame this is a picture i got from somewhere it said there's no shame in beginning again for you get a chance to build bigger and better than before mm-hmm. and that Anything yes. else? That is the Amazing Truth podcast for this this week. And uh, we hope that you'll join us for the next one. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Amazing Truth podcast. We hope you were blessed as you listen. Don't forget to share, like, and subscribe. God bless you and see you on the next one.